Uh, what a weekend it was in GA in the county, and we will look to round it all up. We usually have a dip across Ulster, but there's been too much happening in Donegal this weekend, and we're looking now at the junior finalists we have sorted. We have the intermediate finalists, and we're down to the last four in our senior championship, and as well in the ladies' championship, titles have been given out. And we're going to hear shortly from Maria Deveni, who was at the senior finals, where Terman once again reigned supreme and also a milestone for the rising ladies of Dunlow GAA. They have been crowned Junior A Championship. Watch out for those Dunlow ladies. They are on the rise. After Maria's roundup, we'll look back at a packed weekend say, of action in the Junior, Intermediate and Senior Championships. I'll be joined by Gary McDeed. And the Donegal News Man of Knowledge, Ryan Ferry, he's in the studio ready to come in and give us their views on what was an unbelievable weekend of club action in Donegal. But first of all, uh, my sis Maria was in McCool Park yesterday and here is what she made of the final tournament champs again. Maria Deveni, you were in McCool Park uh, yesterday to watch the, uh, the Titans, the two teams that are... I think far ahead of everybody else in Donegal, Terman and Glenn Fun face off in another big final. What did you make of the fairway? It was a bit of a slow burner. You were we were getting our updates from you three each at half time, but it caught fire in the second half. Yeah, yeah, did Brendan. As you said, look, these two teams know each other so well. Uh they've been in so many county finals over the years. And uh coming on to the into this game, both teams kind of similar. Uh they've as you said, they've been on this on this platform for a number of years because both teams are doing it well. They're blending in new players all the time, every year. And then they have a nice mixture of the young with the experienced club and county girls that's on there that have loads of experience in these big days. So, uh, yeah, slow burner. It was three points uh, apiece. Defensive structures were definitely on top at the start uh, and the, in the first half especially. Uh, big running game but with, with both um, sets of teams really running the ball a lot of the time. Uh, unfortunately, you'd see when there was packed defences, that final pass at crucial times for both teams uh, went astray and um, it cost them. Uh, Glen Finn probably were hoping to be ahead at halftime, Brayton, because uh, they kicked six wides uh, versus Termins two. And uh, as I said, they went in three apiece. Uh, well, I, was just, I was just actually, I was talking to some of the Termins supporters there, actually. I met them in Letterkenny um, as they were on their way back to celebrate a couple of families and that. They were saying they were very lucky early on that Glenn Finn didn't take their chances because he could have built up a reasonable lead that would have left them in a very controlling position. Yeah, totally, totally, Brendan. And that's what you've seen. And it took Terman that wee bit longer to come into the game. Now, um, Terman's full forward there, uh, Kira McGarvey, like she she kept them in there. She was running it at uh, Glen Finn and uh, she, she won her freeze. Um, she scored uh, two of the freeze in the first half with Jodie uh, McFadden, number 11, scoring the third. But Glen Finn, uh, Karen Guthrie was their main target woman up front. And um, you know, Emer Marshall, Emer Gallagher was marking her from Terman, but uh, uh, Karen was showing well for the ball and kicked a lovely first point. Just trademark Guthrie, uh, we would have seen in the county as well. But they did miss a few chances, which normally would have went over the bar there in the first half. And you know, as I said, when you looked at it with possession of football and the amount of attacks, Glenfinn should have went ahead, should have been ahead by a few more scores in that half. But um, 
as you know, it's a game of two halves and goals one's matches and no more so in ladies' uh, final day and that's what happened in the second half. The, to me, the big changing point, Brendan, is Terman were able to bring in Evelyn McGinley who would play in the county set-up at full-back. Fantastic player. And Rossi McCaffrey came out from midfield or came out from the nets into the full forward line, but she played kind of roving role all over the place uh, supporting the team and they did make a big impact uh, in that second half Evelyn got on a lot of ball set up um, a few of the scores as well so just those two big strong players coming in uh, into the actual uh, playing field uh, did make a difference to Terman and as I said Goals one matches. Funny, you know, the running game, it was too long. Uh, it was a long kick into um, Kira McGarvey, uh, who who uh, won the ball on the, on the side, uh, on the um, uh, stadium side. And Juice Bridge kicked a lovely crossfield ball, 40 yards, over two Glenfinn defenders, into the chest of Shannon McLaughlin, who was having a great game as well. And it was only the back of the net then. Uh, Sharon uh, Conlon and, and the Nets for Terman, or for Glenfinn, had no chance. Beautiful goal and just two long kicks and that it was a goal. And that really set up Terman then to go on and push on to win the game. Mm. I mean, it's funny you're highlighting that because it's something that I'm watching big, you know, in, in club football here in Donegal is the ability of teams to kick past the ball and you just represent, you just, re, you know, reference that pivotal goal of Terman's two lovely kick passes opening up the play. Yeah. Do you think, Maria, you mentioned Kerry Goddery there uh, 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 in terms of, you know, the star of Glenn Fan, but obviously, you know, Karen has been, you know, the star for so long and Geraldine's out today. Is there a new way of coming through, Maria, in terms of talent you see in there? Because these two teams do set the tone for us in terms of club football and Donegal. Is it, is it like almost as if they were so good for so long, there has to be uh, a bit of a changing of the guard, if you like, with, with, with very young girls coming through to take the places of these household names? Yeah, Brett, totally. I mean... Again, Karen Guthrie had three points today. Katie Heron, the other most senior player, three points. So you only had one more score from Abby McGranigan, who had a very good first half there for Glenfinn. They're still your main target women, and they still were the people that put the scores on the board today. But you see, you see younger players coming in. Today would have uh, helped a lot of them. Uh, you know, a lot of them was maybe their first uh, county uh, um, county final starting. They would have taken a lot of lessons for today. And uh, you know, same as Terman, a few young players coming in there too. Uh, again, that mixture is, is is so important, and that's the reason why they have been where they've been for this long long periods of time. Like my again, Terman, Kieran McGarvey, Sean McLaughlin, uh Joni McFadden there. They they had a massive game today for, for Terman. Again, um uh great stalwarts and and really um really were, were a big part of Terman's win today. Uh Keir McGarvey scored one four uh from uh, playing full forward for Terman. So, you know, even though we say this, I was the 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 game before with Dunlow and uh Downs, Dunlower fairly, you know, had a good one there today and uh in the junior and you know we're winning are coming in the in the minors and under sixteens uh and winning so you would maybe see even Dunlow next year the year after um taking their their place up there as well. Uh, but yeah I think looking at both Terman and Glenfinn you still have that good mix you might 
um, see again it's club football these likes of Kitty and Karen and all them playing club for another couple of years they definitely have it on them you've seen that there for today so it's just again bleeding it and or blending that in younger players through giving them the confidence giving them the confidence to go kick scores um, and hopefully both teams will be able to do that to, to remain where they are yeah, Maria, Maria, it's been some side, I suppose, that, you know, last year, extra time, you know, they separate the two sides, Terman coming through, it was extra time the year before, uh, you know, Glenn Fun coming through, you know, the year before Glenn Fun won it, it was Terman again, you know, going back, right back to 2019, and both of these teams have, have been in every final, even Mavilla have been in there in the mix as well, going right back now for, for 10 years, either of these sides, have been in the final and most of those finals have been against themselves. Maria, do you get a sense overall with the tactics there outside the town coming through? Is the tactics that Donegal has been playing, do you think it's feeding in, they say, the county players? Because we've seen that with Donegal in terms of what's happened to club football here from the, the success that they had. There was a lot of adopting of the county tactics and the clubs. Do you think that's what's happening at the this game? Because, listen, I was the game there uh, yesterday in, in Falcara. You know, we, we had um, five goals in the first uh, 16 minutes. Now, that was unusual. I'm not saying that happens yeah, every day. But yeah. the more and more I see a lot of, of club stuff, particularly when it comes to those top two teams. It's very, very tactical. And I presume that the reason the other games aren't as tactical is because they kind of overwhelm the opposition. Do you think that's coming down from county? The guards the, the are saying this is how you need to play and it's it's a wee bit maybe regressive around uh, the skills of the game. Yeah, look, they're all fair points, Brendan. Uh, and I definitely would agree with so many of these these two teams have county players uh, on them, like uh, on both sets of sides. So uh, they would bring that professionalism, that standard to the to the club training all the time as well. And you have a lot of strong club players, and both of these have been with their club for many years. But like as you said, the, the you know the defensive setup on both sides, you know they dropped a lot of people back. That's why that's why the score was so low. It was very difficult to get a shot in, and again that would have possibly came from county if they just knew to drop back there was always you know two or three sweeping anytime um any of the other opposition were on the attack in front just naturally all people got behind the ball and also you know there was a high press there was a short kickouts and high press up there again um Terman were a bit fortunate there uh, because Glenn Finn did really push up and you would have seen the county a lot of the running of the ball uh you'd see it here and I just hope or wish you've seen the the when a good long accurate kick ball what it does it takes out that defensive and it's it's a, a players taking on other players as well you would hope to see that more of that because I know playing the defender that you know you have a long ball and it's one on one uh then it, you know the score can be in uh, very easily compared to running the ball constantly and allowing the opposition to drop so many players back. So, you know, that's where the goal came from. A lovely long ball into uh, Kira McGarvey. She looked up and placed a, a cross-field ball uh, right onto the chest of, as I said, Sh- Shannon back of the net. And that was the difference. So that goal just pivoted Termin to go ahead. But, you know, and you've seen in the second half, a little bit more long kicking. You know, Karen Guthrie was making some runs and long ball. And again, you know, that is the difference and um, you'd hope to see more of that because uh, that's what you're seeing um, some of the stronger county player or teams doing is is 
trying to off, offset this defensive structure by a quick long ball into really strong targets. So you'd hope you'd want to see our teams doing a wee bit more of that. Yeah, it's progressive football, Maria. Listen, thanks very much. Hey, you well, you were doing updates today at the game. It's an awkward thing to do. I get that. So so well done. Hey, it's <laughs> there's something. That I'm, I, I swear, I never thought that something like that would be so difficult. I've been doing it myself, but there's something very weird about uh, yeah. updates. The the, the pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure is on. Oh my goodness me! So many things are happening. I was only keeping the seat warm for Mo Donald. She had the weekend <laughs> off, but uh, I'll, I'll be glad to hand it back. But no, look, Terman well deserving that second half today to take the Donna Dunyan Boyle uh, Cup, and um, you know they were they were fitting champions at the end there. And uh, look, no doubt Glen Fun will be back next year again. They're, they're a serious outset, our, our, our field, our, our team. And uh, I have no doubt that these two teams will be just keep keep going what they're doing and uh, I'll be back in the in the fall next year again. Magic. Maria, listen, I'm sure they did a huge night in the lagoon last night. I'm sure Johnny McCaff had them well looked after. I would say there's a few horse voices yes. today. Good luck to them, Maria, of course. Good luck to them and also. Uh, also. Thank you for joining us this evening. Maria Devaney, of course, she's Devaney on the GA pitch. She's Maria Kelly off it. Uh, Maria, thanks <laughs> as ever. Hi, Brian. Just before I go, any day that you want to see in your club championship is a special day and a huge achievement. But I just also want to recognise uh, the person's name attached to that cup, which is Donna Dunyan Boyle, who was an unbelievable player back in the ta- uh, back in her day. And... Um, Donna, I'm sure, was looking down as the defences won out on many occasions today as she was a a, a, a terrific um, defender for, for Masters and for the county team. She was a wonderful, beautiful person and I think it just was extra special when her name was attached to that cup and I'm sure Terman will look after it now for the forthcoming year but I just wanted to acknowledge that, Breton, and um, thank you. Yeah, nice finish to that, uh, Maria. Very nice indeed. Eh? And uh, our best wishes to Brendan and the family. Um, folks, listen, that was the senior final wrapped up. Of course, I say uh, the, the junior A done low 111 to Downing's five points, a big title for them. Tyrone await both these teams in Ulster. Now, we're going to wrap up the weekend's action. Ryan Ferry is here in studio. Ryan, how are you, lad? Good to be here, Brendan. Good to see you. The Silver Fox has landed in himself, Gary McDade. Yes, Brendan. Is that the stress of St. Judith's College? <laughs> <laughs> Watching the Glennons already, maybe. It's itchy. He carries it well. Eh? He carries it well. Lads, I'm really looking forward to wrapping up this championship. It was a phenomenal weekend. We're going to get there just after this break. Yes, welcome back to a star-studded studio here. We have Joe Dex to my left, producing, as ever, we have Gary McDade. And of course, Ryan Ferry. Lads, let's get straight into it because there's a lot of stuff to cover and time is often the enemy in this show and there's no other place to start but at Donald Park. Saturday, Glenn McCool's. He's had 114, Gary. It's normally enough to win a lot of matches, conceded 117 and at the heart of that, once again, was the only, one and only Oshin Gallen. Uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, you know, you were saying one, one four, or 114. Like, I was just looking at the scores the weekend, Brendan, before we even look at that there. Like, McCool's had 117, Gudor had 514, our draft 311, Mallon 114, Narasa 214, Neve Connell 47. Unions probably more impressive than 111 in 30 minutes. You know, yes. so the, the scoring of the championship over the weekend was really, really good, and hopefully. You'll be glad to hear football might be back, so it is. But, but well, I was saying to Ryan just before you came in, he was up that there's a there's a lovely positive vibe yeah. to the game because the last few years in club football it's been got entrenched 
And now we're seeing between Jim's appointment and mm-hmm. and all the stuff of last year, which wasn't club stuff, but there there was this terrible feeling hanging over, and it's all lifting now. It's all going one direction. Gary, and teams look like they're playing a lot of front foot football. Yeah, listen, you won the game by putting the ball over the bar, and suppose there's no nobody better in the county right now than Oshin Gallon that you talked about there. He gave a performance of the ages, so he did. Like the one nine, um I, I still can't believe the two he put where anyone was there at the weekends, he, and anyone who was must have had two underneath the stand shooting under the road. I think one of them was a sideline ball and the other one was a free, but they're practically from the same position and he nailed the two of them over bar over the bar. Crucial stages of the game where they where they needed the scores, you know, to really kind of push on. Um John Gillet said last weekend on your show he'll leave the game with lots of marks on him. From a Glen Swoy point of view he didn't. So he yes. didn't and we probably you know, that led to him getting the one nine it was very on Glen Swoley like performance in in that sense that, you know, if you if you look at flip it around the other side, Copper got his jersey tore of him. So he didn't you listen, you have to do what you gotta do mm. in, in championship and everyone expects these things to happen. Um deeply disappointing. Um it's gonna be a long Long winter in the Glenbren. I think thirtieth yeah. of September the season ended. It's uh, there was no, progression this year, though, Gary. We we you know feeling that there was hundred yeah. percent. You know, like over the last four years, there's been huge progression since Barry Boner's come in. Um, there's a whole new team in there, and I think a lot of people were even more sick yesterday evening after the draw when the two big hitters drew each other. You know, one and two, Glenties and St Junins and. You know, it, it, it even left another sour taste in the mouth, so it did. And, you know, yeah, what potentially could have been. It was such a loose game. So it was at the weekend, as you said, the score in there. Like, you know, when Dahi Kilday didn't start, a lot of people were wondering about that. I went to the game on Saturday night over with yourself in Convent, and everyone was asking me how come he didn't start. And at that stage, people thought he was injured, but I've since found out he wasn't injured. So he's probably our top scorer. Outside of Michael Murphy in Championship, you know, and it was a loose game, and he probably would have nailed four or five in that. And he came on in the forty-second minute. I think it was around that there, so it wasn't. He, you know, he still nailed a point, and possibly could have got another one as well. Some of the players didn't see him at that stage, but you know, fair play to McCool's after handed to them. Um, they had their homework done. Um, Joe Bradley Walsh probably did, was marked out in the first half. Young Reed Kelly did super. Or Jay Kelly did a brilliant job with him. I saw the McCool's management. I remember seeing to the other boys in the press. They made a change. They shouted to Joel Bradley late in the first half to come out. Him and, him and uh, Farah were inside at that stage to come out. And that change then forced Glen Swain to a rejig. Made Jake Kelly go back in. I can't remember who they put back inside. Then Ryan might remember because um, he, he was commentating the game. But um, Joel Bradley seemed in the second half. He came into the game. He wasn't in the game in the first half because Jake had had him out of the game. And I'm not sure it was a miscommunication or whatever. But he seemed to have a lot of space on the pitch in the second half, and he was a big influence as well as young Keegan. I thought Keegan was fantastic. Him and Jack Geller had a had a brilliant game. Everything Jack did, Keegan did it equally as well. Putting the centre half forward and centre half back positions. He's been a player who showed well for them in the championship in, in the last few years. And listen, holding Oshin Gallen. Uh, easier said than done I said before the game everyone's asked me will you do it will you do it and I said we need to hold Oshin Gallon to five points which is even a ridiculous statement that you need to hold someone to five mm. points that, but that's how it's, good it's he is Cl- it's Clifford territory now, I know it's club football we're talking here yeah. uh, but, but I'm just saying that's, Ryan is that what we say about Clifford hold him to a few points uh, you're not going to stop him Like uh, that's where Oshin Gallon is now in terms of what he's doing he's doing it week in week out 
And as, as Gary was saying, he's doing it from all over the pitch. I mean, you can't stop somebody shooting from the sideline. The McCool's six teenagers, you know, in this team, you know, they're, they're a game away from making the county final. You know, it's 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 been a brilliant, brilliant season for them so far. Yeah, six teenagers and, and Cian Mulligan was an under-20 squad this year as well. So, you know, <laughs> he's not, he might still be a teenager, I'm not sure. But, you know, they have done fantastic and... I don't know now. Was was Oshin watching you back in the day, Brendan? When you were pinging them over from the sideline, well, it um, might have been a very odd one. I, I could probably get a ten-minute clips package and get about thirty <laughs> seconds of that. I don't. I doubt if he was watching me. I was just watching him there in terms of his general play. He seems to have a bit of everything. And be Bradley Walsh, you know, and and the two of them are are well able to win their own ball. They're they're such a handful for anybody because a lot of teams will only have one player like that. You know, if you have two players that are that are mobile. And can kick scores and and can can one ball, you know, you you have a, a serious focal point to go and go and win the match. But it's not even just that; it's his work rate off the ball. Mm. I think is fantastic. Yeah. You know, closing people down and forcing turnovers high up the field, and you know, he's he's mad for everything. And you know, like football, when we, we talked about style, you know, down through the years, and how many how many forwards love to get the ball in the loop, and you know. Push a man off and curl over. He likes the ball kicked into him. It's brilliant. Like it's mm. great to watch it, and he he is fantastic. Now I would uh, the big surprise for me was maybe just how effective, you know, pretty much all the McCool's forwards was. I thought Connor McGinty got on a lot of ball. I thought Jamie Keegan got on a lot of ball. With Joe Bradley Walsh in the second half, obviously Oshin, and the Glen Swilly down through the years were great at negating players. And to me. A lot of their forwards had a big say on uh, on the game, and they really got into it. And I thought Joe Boyle did a very good job on Kevin Marley in the middle of the field. And yep. you know, Sean and Martin, I, yeah, Sean Martin had a great game. And I think there's there's an there's an undercurrent here, Brendan. I'm really enjoying the championship. I think we stumbled upon a format that works quite well. Yeah. But the one thing I would say, and just from speaking to people all around the county, you know, young people are leaving Bren mm. and there's a lot of young players around the county and clubs that that are, are leaving and heading off to Australia or wherever and yeah. you know there's talk that Glen Swilly are going to lose a couple too I'm not sure if that's going to happen a lot of teams you know this this might be the last dance on it like yeah. for some of them you know one real good blast I'm not saying that's going to be the case for Glen Swilly or, or It McCruise. scares me when you say things like that because I'm always thinking you realise how much clubs rely on certain individuals and then you, you're you're obviously trying to temper that by them experiencing life. You know, it's it's such a difficult uh, balance to get, but, you know, what what can you do if somebody wants to go and, and travel for a while in the case of the likes of Keane Mulligan there for, for Gidor? And, you know, you just look at such a, it's such a, a I suppose, a hard thing for, for a club to get over. Yeah, and it is. And, and you know, as much as, like, we're all into our, our, our Gaelic football and we love it and we're all in the championship and, you know... Like if you've got something on at these weekends, it's 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 nearly a torture on you because you want to be out at the games. But you know people have to live their lives too, and you know maybe it's a. I thought you were going to say we're all in their forties here. Is this barrier? Maybe it's maybe it's a it's a deeper debate or a deeper debate than than Gaelic football. Maybe yeah. it's about what what's what's in the country for young people, you know, and and all kind of things from you know cost of accommodation oh, yes, to. And that's it. 
That's it. You know, the price of a pint, anything. The price of a pint. Uh, and a lot of fact, Gary, he lives in a big farm in the Glen there. <laughs> but, you know, from the weekend's action, I thought it was phenomenal here in Highland. You know, the coverage of the games, uh, you were all involved in them too, lads. It, it, was, it was phenomenal stuff. And I was over then at, at, at Godour's, uh, at the Godour, obviously, uh, uh, our drag game, who now are opposing uh, McCool's. And, uh, you know, after seeing Saturday night, guys, with yourself and Convoy, this made what five scores at half time. There's twenty two scores in this game, and you know we've got interviews from lads there, loads of interviews up on up on the sites. Uh, I, I talked to John Ross Malloy after the game. Very kindly spoke to us. He was you know a bit devastated, but what what a game of football! You know five fourteen at three eleven, and looking at Gador, he scored nine points, ten points in the two games against Glow. They almost had thirty points. It was a, a crazy game. I know, Gary, from a tactical perspective, you'd be looking going, right, what's going on here, boys? But, I mean, in terms of entertainment, I mean, uh, it's a long time since I've seen anything like it. I would say uh, Ron McNeil's might need the defib for Francie Freel if it happens again <laughs> because Francie's style of football wouldn't be used to that high scores. So he wouldn't, uh, he'll probably kill me for saying that now. Um, but listen, it must have been phenomenal. Like obviously, I wasn't there. I was over in the, working the hour game in Funtra at the time. But you know, if I was going to now, Bren, I'd be on the phone to Australia. So I would. I'd be mm. making a couple of wherever phone calls, that man is, get him back because there's a couple of lads out there yeah. that likes to Kim Mulligan that. Um, they lost you know, four or five this year now whether other guys but I don't think it'd be reasonable but whatever I don't think Cain's travelling but mm. listen that might be a bit of an ass to take him back but well, well, listen, he'd be a great man <laughs> Brent, bring him doc, Dr Maguire medals are not handed out too often they have a super chance to get to a final right yeah. now it's a draw I said yesterday we are Sheen after the game it's a draw both Guidor and McCool's would have wanted for themselves to avoid the other big two Bryn, whoever wins in the final, finals take a life of their own. You know, yes. you know that as well as anyone. You know, they just—it doesn't matter who's favourites. It doesn't really count on on those days. And I, listen, no likes the no doubt the likes of Ron McNeil is in France and Eamon McGee and Neil McGee will be on the phone to these lads. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt is right. That is an intriguing match. You know, I think in many ways there's a real intrigue outside. I know everybody's looking at obviously the the, the unions and Eve Connell game, but that's a game I desperately want to see. Like I missed the the McCool's game last day. It was my wee boy was five. I was running about twenty five uh, five year olds in Lurgy Brack Farm. That's what took me up on Saturday. I was really sorry I missed that match. But St. Unions and the Rua guy, we were over at the game, um, Ryan. You know, it was such a strange match. I was saying, you know, we all know Niall Donald, come on, change. I mean, what a player to be able to come on. He was absolutely on fire. You know, along with his brother, Sheehan, you know, they were absolutely phenomenal second half. You know, but I would say just around John McNulty, how he really set up. And they weren't just set up defensively because I'd heard all this defence, defence. When they broke, they broke with pace and purpose. Big Dolan inside, target man. They kicked past the ball as well. And Unions in the first half really played in their hands. They didn't squeeze up in the kick out. And then they half, you know, had players up the pitch. I couldn't understand what they were. They weren't dropping in the a ship and they really were kicking around them. And in many ways they're progressing, but really come up short then in terms of they had five ways at half time and really you just seen that quality when it came down to it, particularly from Niall and Shane in the second half, kicking points and the rest of the team was lifted from that. So maybe a bit of a wake up call for St. Unions before they played Dave Connell because it'll be a similar type of setup to that game. Yeah, definitely. And it was it was great to see Niall O'Donnell kicking points like that. Like in you know, you know, he didn't didn't play for Donegal this year and you know, not that people f- forgot what he can do, but like mm. it was a real reminder of his quality the, mm. the last day. But yeah, like I, I couldn't understand why St. Unions and still don't understand why St. Unions were standing off the real kick out 
in the first half because in the second half when they pushed up and they forced them long I th- I think maybe Iru won one break maybe two like they, two they, they did they did so well you know so did they show them too much respect mm-hmm. I I you know like I know people are are quite critical of Iru's setup and you know that's fair enough but like to me it had it, it looked to have units rattled for a little while and you know you know, Erua probably don't have the quality of forwards that some of the other teams do have. Like, and but they were right in that match. And that that one, like we, the units were six up and cruising at that stage. Game, we were just like, it's it's time ticking down. But the, the brilliance of Gaelic football is that you know one one. But I was just thinking, Gary, if you think back to that period where Erua were in dominance in terms of creating chances, if they were at a minute at half time four or five up, units maybe pegged up back and went a couple of points up, let's say, Irua had won one then. You could be looking at a very different tail here. And in many ways, Irua will be kicking himself. When you're on top, yeah, you've got to make the most of that. And they missed too many chances in the first half. Aye, they did. And, you know, and it really goes back to what you mean you were kind of saying in the radio. David Dolan, for the first 10 minutes, stayed inside. They had that outlet of a kick pass. Then suddenly, it was working really well, causing Union's problems. It was an outlet for them on the counter-attack. We know they're a counter-attacking team. They liked the pace. But it was too much for them, Ryan. It was a one-day night. It was stormy, running with that one, trying to run the ball. There were so many unforced errors in the first half from both teams. It was nearly like the three weeks had a wee, but it was telling the fact because both teams were very rusty in that first half. But for some reason, they pulled David Dolan out of full forward after about 10 minutes and made him run the ball as well. To me, it, it was the wrong call to make. You know, Philip Patton obviously going off injured as well. Nathan Boyle not able to start, of course, after getting injured in the Donald Park. So, you know, a lot of wee things just didn't go their way. Um, you were on about St. Junin's in and Ryan's on about respect. I would agree with what Ryan's saying. You know, they probably are showing maybe other teams a bit of too much respect because to me, they're probably the best panel of players in the county. They can go at teams and destroy them. Like the way they destroyed Aru in the second half. Like, as I said to you, 111 and 30 minutes of football. If you want to even be more impressed, from the 41st minute to the 64th minute, okay, which is what, 23 minutes, they had 1 9. Mm. You know, and, and they really had, went after it. Really yeah, went after yeah. it. Like, led, I have to, I have to say, led by Nile at all. I mean, it was just phenomenal when he came off the, off the bench. He was aggressive. He was on it. He was on his game. I thought the Union's attitude in the second half was what Aru's attitude was in the first half. It was complete mm, it was a flip. flip, so it was. Um, bo- both teams had attitude. They didn't just match it up for the for the full 60 minutes. Um, you know, Union's certainly played with a handbrake on the first half. They did the same in Glenties. So they did when they played Neve Connell in the group in the group stage. First half, conceded the kick out, pushed up second half. And uh, you know did much better in the kickout. As Ryan said, I think they only lost maybe two off the Aru kickout. Like they they could absolutely blew that Aru team out out of the water on Saturday. I think if they wanted to, you know, get in now. To is, it, is it a thing that I know though, Rory Kavanagh? You you're a manager now. Mm. You're you're heading up. Is it good that maybe you've had that kind of half to read out that type of play because you're going in now against you know the champions. And the, and the team that you're expected to beat, and we know this is going to go down the wire. Was it, if Unions had a maybe had a better first half and blew them away second half, would they have thought we're in a better place than maybe they are? Is it a good thing, you know, speaking from your own experience as a manager, oh, that yeah. you learn these things in a game like that to take into a, a, a tougher opposition? Yeah, it's probably from looking after the team this week. You've someone to beat the team off that first half performance. You know that they can't start like that against 
Glenties because, you know, Glenties, if they get ahead of you, they're very hard to claw back. But if you get ahead of them, they always work their way back into the game. I mean, they were four down half time the last day. They were five down against Unions when they played in the group game. They were six down against the Glen, but they worked their way back into it. So Rory Kavanagh will be happy to have that there, you know, that he can't let... Uh, Glad he's get ahead of them this weekend, I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Gary, uh, sorry, Brian, I'm just looking. Uh, Neve Connell, SWAT, Kilcara side. Was that your headline? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me a bother here now, Dad, about Tony. Your neighbours, your name's beside it. We're under pressure last night. Oh, Who's the no, editor, Brian? <laughs> blame I, the editor, Ryan. Uh, the editor is right. Listen, uh, you know, you're, you're looking again. People are saying, have Kilcara enough to give him again. We're speaking to some of the Kilcara people during the week. They didn't think so. Lose a couple of players from last year. They felt they were weakened uh, going into this match. And there was something about Neve Connell. And even I was listening to Gary and Oshin. Obviously, they were coming over and back this. No, three points down, Breeze in their back coming on the second half. Neve Connell are a second half team, so they've proved that's where the one in their games are. And they turned up the screw once again, Gary. Is that another warning shot across the bows to St. Unions that no matter what happens in that first half, there's going to be a big finish from us? Yeah, and it's an interesting one, Bren. Like, and even Martin Regan uh, alluded to it after the match because it was in Fintra, and there's there's always a breeze in Fintra. Like, Neil Connell were preparing, you know, for a game of two halves, and I felt that probably Kilcar needed to have the breeze in the second half. Yeah, that that they needed to keep it tight in the first half and make it a dogfight, and in the second half that maybe they would be able to get. You know McBerty on the loop or whatever, and get their scores, and you know they keep some nice scores in the first half, but it took them twenty minutes to really get get into it, like you know. And but yeah, as you mentioned, like Andrew McLean is a huge, huge loss to them. Right. You know, Jason Campbell, big, big tall fella, went away to Australia. Right. You know, Kakar, big know, losses. Just what you mentioned a few months ago, Ryan. Yeah. Those losses, uh, you know, and like if, if if people have been keeping an eye. On the development squads and the minor squads, under twenty squads, last couple of years, Kilcar, you know, haven't been heavily represented in those teams. Like you know, the uh, you know the, they have that golden generation, and those boys are now in their late twenties, you know, er, early thirties, and you know it's, it's it's going to be tough for them. Like you know, and, and like I I really got the sense yesterday that that Neve Connell were looking to finish them. Like yeah. you know, they were really going for goals. Like there was there was one of the goals. I think it was the first one, Brendan McDyer got Bren and it could have quite easily popped it over the bar but mm. he was going to rattle the net and maybe that is to make sure he keeps his place for the next day because there's there's plenty of other boys to come yeah, in you know yeah. the, you know Rick Malloy you know, that just reminds me of Carl Joseph Malloy had one like that yesterday no right to go for a goal he put it on the roof of the net that quality stuff we're going to take a quick break lads back straight after these Yes, welcome back. We're continuing our coverage of all the weekend's J action. Gary, just a word on Neve Connell. Um, Martin Regan not happy about the straight red for Owen Wade yesterday in the, the bit of melee after the goal. Ethan O'Donnell as well come on and come back off again. A couple of injuries uh, mounting up uh, uh, for uh, Neve Connell heading into this game. Not not ideal. Probably Ethan at all is maybe their go-to man who is really the, I would say, nearly the energy of the team. He's the legs to get up and down the, the field. If you probably looked at GPS scores, he's probably topping it or in the top three every week. Um, if he's not available this weekend, Brendan, there's a big worry they took him off again. That's a huge uh, kudos to St. Judens. Um, You know, obviously not happy with the red card. I actually didn't see the incident, but I saw him and the Kilcar keeper, Kevin Campbell, both of them straight reds. They'll definitely appeal it from listening to Regan afterwards. 
you know. Yeah, and, and of course, long-term absentee Owen McGettigan. Um, Martin was saying a few tired bodies out there. I would say that game was a bit tougher on them than, than the Union's one, but, but listen... They won't be making any excuses about that, Gary. And it's, it's going to go down to the wire again, no matter what happens. Uh, I think at the weekend, it's going to go down to the wire because you're going to have the same, similar battles that we had, particularly, I think, more so something around uh, last year's game. I know the year before, I don't think Neve Collin really turned up as a team. I think last year, Unions probably didn't. But because of the way Neve Collin played, Unions probably stayed in the game. So I think this year, to be to be more evening out. Is that what you're feeling? It's a very hard game to call. Neve Collin will keep you in the game. So they all, they always do, you know, and that's a big thing Unions can look at this weekend. Whereas Unions actually have the ability to blow other teams out of the water. Yeah. But they seem to, you know, they're playing with a lot of respect for other teams and playing, some people heard someone say today, they're nearly playing with the handbrake on for a while till they kind of feel their way into the game. But my concern was saying to you on Saturday night from a Unions point of view is that you're nearly letting the other teams work their way too much into the pit, into the game. Players want to, or the opposition are getting on the ball and building confidence, you know. Neve Connell have the way to tie up players and put them out of the game. I mean, Paddy McBride was top scorer for Kilcar coming into this here. They held him to two points, one from play, you know, at the weekend. Mm. They held Kilcar even more impressive to five shots in the second Seriously? half. Because I was doing it, they had two two scores. Ryan and Paddy got a score. Kilcar two wides, and I think they'd one drop short. So that's what they held them to. I know they were against the Breeze, but you know Kilcar or Neil Connell had a much uh, more prolific effect on the scoreboard in the first half. So that I know they only scored three, but they were definitely up in that half of the thing. And you, Ryan was on about wanting to finish Kilcar. You know it looked late on as if Kilcar threw on the towel quite early, and I would agree with Ryan. They did try to finish them. You know they went after the goals time after time, and the Brent McDyer one's a great example. And there's other opportunities well to to put it over the bar, but they they didn't go for it. And you know I was on with the three week break. There was no sign of rustiness in this game. I mm. thought the handling, the skill level, probably conditions were a bit more suitable. There's no driving one day rain, so there wasn't like there was in Saturday night, which was probably harder in the Rua and St. and Unan's game. You know, Paddy was double marked, they had their homework done, they had Jason on him, Anthony sweeping in front of him in the first half, then they left Jason on his own in the second half. You know, looking back, Kilcar, they had a huge breeze in the first half, and not once did the keeper drive the ball long. They played mm. everything short, the majority of them out to the keeper's left. Ryan McHugh picked up a lump, it's a long way to carry the ball. It's draining, you know, to carry the ball like that. Then the second half as well, Mark McHugh, of course, didn't start for them. He was a, b- a big outlet for them all year, coming out of out of in the earlier stages of the championship, coming out of goals and creating that extra man. Not having him apparently picked up a, a knock in the St Michael's game, but listen, he looked all right when he came on. Then it's just you know, Kilcar like the Glen's a long wonder for them. It's funny, yeah, because you always look at teams thinking, why don't you vary it? You know, mm. if you play anything one dimensional, I always think you're leaving yourself open. But certainly, listen, folks, fantastic stuff. I'm really looking forward to these uh, semi-finals at the weekend. Now we have our final parents and intermediate Downings two eight, Terman one eight, Malin marching into the final as well one fourteen to one seven against Fanet after extra time. Um, the intermediate championship, we're always saying uh, we were unpredictable Downings for a start up and down this season, Gary. But here they are; they're in the final. Yeah, like you know they've. They've done very well Downings, you know, and you know, it's only a couple of years since they're back up in in, in intermediate from from junior and they were yo yo in between, you know, the lower lower echelons of, of intermediate and junior for a long time, but they seem to have got it really together and you know, both games went to extra time, you know, it shows you how tight it is and you know, 
Downing's Downing's found a way to win the game, you know, and, and probably what was most impressive was the, was their main men, you know, Larkin Connor, Johnny McGrody, Keelan McGrody, probably didn't have a huge say on it, and they still found a way to win. You know, Kevin Gooch Doherty got a goal right at the end, and you know, is there is there a resolve here at this stage of the championship, Brian? That's the key. You know, it's something that you're looking. You need that wee bit of backbone. And yeah. The team, they won a game when it gets a wee bit, you know, ugly or awkward. You need the players that's going to keep the ball and work the score at the right time. Yeah, and uh, like, probably from looking at Terman, you know, probably they're they're losing a lot of their tight games. You know, even going back to the under twenty one final this year, and you know, a couple of game, you know, final game in the group, they don't seem to be coming out on the right side of them. Um, you know, but Downings, you know, the. SP Barrett in there coaching them, you know, they would have I know they would have been doing a lot of hard running throughout the season. They were in good shape. They were able to finish finish the game strong. You know, they've got the two boys in midfield driving them on. Um Ronan Gallagher had a great game at the back. Kevin Doherty had a great game at the back. And, you know, to find their way to get to get the result and you've got to hand it to them the first first intermediate final in thirty years and you know, they had a cracker against Mallon in the in the Division Two League final last season, on a wonderful summer's evening in O'Donnell Park, like it, the ground will not be as hard um, in two weeks' time. But mm. I don't think there'll be much between these teams again. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Gary Mallon, you know, again, guys, on about the, the fitness of Downings and the finish. So Mallon are finishing games very strongly all season, so that's going to set this up for a real ding dong again. Fanet, who was a bit of a story of, of the Intermediate Championship, no one was expecting them to potentially make a final, you know, went the extra time. But again, and as, as, as Gary was saying, or as Ryan was saying there, Malin, the finish, you know, they pull away late on in games or they find a way to come back in the matches, like i seen them earlier in the season against Bunkrana, and he did it again at the weekend. And rightly so, after last season, you know, they didn't win a game in the championship and they were coming in, you know, with a bit between the teeth and, and here they are in the final. Yeah, and just even to go back to the Downs game, there was one player I thought stood out. I saw Ryan give him man of the match today in the papers. Well. I just thought he stood out so much was young Ronan Galler. I thought he was outstanding. He really put his hand up for a senior under-county jersey. I thought, watching the weekend. I know that I'll say will be part of Jim's plans. He can be injury-prone. I think he missed the quarter-final, but he's a good lad. I actually was lucky enough to work with him at Boston. He's super attitude. So he has played Donegal Minor, played under 20. And what he did at the weekend, he just blocked that middle and he got the ball time after time and ran it up the field. And his penalty, oh my God, Bryn, you'd be proud of it. Hey? He just rattled her top corner, had off the crossbar and went in. So with that brilliant, at a crucial stage of the game. And I was talking to people afterwards, then afterwards, he said he'd probably give the best exhibition of man marking during the year. Maybe Ryan told me, I can't remember, of, uh, against Oshin Gallen in a league game earlier in the year 1v1 on his own and did as good as anyone can and how difficult that is we all know after the weekend back to the Malin game you know Fanit I was saying to Oshin on the radio at the weekend because he was coming on with the updates I says if Fanit won this it will be the story of the season they will be the story of the season they were going into the last group game trying to stay out of the relegation so they didn't or so, so they were they managed to turn that around turnover Terman who were top going for top position really had to through their season um, it gave them a wild hard quarter final in after that but it, they were excellent again you know and they were leading that game for a, or leading that for a long time they probably had a disappointing league but by god they had a super championship now the big thing is can you follow it up in the second year from a Malin point of view they just ran away with an extra time you know I always look at Malin to me they should be as they have the players to be a senior club 
but you know the players seem to let them down a lot to let the club down a lot because they're always tapping them back over and back is it Glen A or Glen Gad or some of them teams down there they'll be footing about with the soccer but you know it must be really frustrating from the GA people and Malin that they know that they have the players to be a senior club and those players showed again the weekend you know that they can do that there so if they could get them together and just get them to come up to the football for, for the Quit season. Quit the footing. You heard it. Quit the footing about me soccer. You're right. <laughs> Why didn't somebody say it to me years ago? Gary, there's all about international yeah. management. He was out in Boston or whatever. Like, but, that's another point we're going to lose. We're going to lose Gary. He's going to be in Dubai or somewhere coaching something. But you've you, you got to look at it. like That's Donegal junior soccer. Like These boys are playing senior, senior, oh, and, s- senior club football. It's a balancing act. Any in the soccer is big in, in any show. We get that. It's not big. I, in the I probably again looking at there. It's an only show league. <laughs> no, you know, know, it's not even a Donegal county league. Yeah. Ryan, pick a winner for me in this final. Give me, give me a name. And uh, intermediate. And the, the intermediate. Yeah. God, I'll not be popular down or away, but um, maybe down down his way. I think Malin might do it. In a word, Gary. Well, listen, you That's know, not a word. the the, the Malin well, boys, I know Paul Martin and all them there, PM will be really hoping for Malin 1. I think they the players to want it. Both them and Downings have played Division 1 football this year. Um, I'm going to go for Downings. Going for Downings, there you are, boys. Listen, juniors as well. We have Narasa and Maval. What a final that is going to prove to be as well. Two teams shooting the lights out and indeed Maval going through on penalties against Neve Patrick Muff and Narasa coming through against Convoy 3-14-2-9. Hanlon was in some form <laughs> for Narasa. Some Hanlon's back too. the years. Huh? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what a forward line they have. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing fantastic. Like, like Narasa were on the way out there a couple of years ago and they've, they've really galvanised it together. They've got a couple of men in and, you know, maybe... Maybe you didn't win away a lot of friends for that, Bryn, but you do what you do to survive and you got to hand it to them and they're through to a junior final now and like they will be hard beating that final. Yes, indeed. 2-7 for Hanlon there, of course. That's a tough one to call, uh, Gary. Two teams that have, have played phenomenal stuff this year, Maville and Narasa. How do you call that one? Yeah, you know, probably Narasa were the form team in the league and they had that form the whole way through championship, you know, whereas Maville were up and down, probably had a disappointing league. Funny, I was chatting to some of the Maville people and during the week, their under thirteens were up in our club playing our under thirteens, and I was chatting a few of them. And they were they weren't holding too much hope going into play. Neve Padraig Muff at the weekend, you know, they nearly thought that Neve Padraig might might pip him from talking to supporters there. At the even so, it definitely was probably a, a bit of a shock. So it was, and of course, the keeper being the hero of the game, I think he saved two or two or three penalties. You know, at, at the moment, it's hard to look past Narasa. Going Narasa, are you leveling with that? I think, yeah, I think they're also dude. There you go. That's the experts, as ever, lads. Thanks so much for rounding that up this evening. Thanks to Joe Dex for producing. Lads, of course, Maria Deveni for her earlier inputs. Stay tuned for Jimmy and Paul. They're coming on with the Monday night sessions. I'll speak to you all next week.